0: It's the episode you've all been waiting for. We've broken down the new stats that could potentially be coming to fantasy rugby in the MLR. And now it's time to put it all together to see the impact that it has on our fantasy rankings. A sneak peek, you might say, into what fantasy Major League Rugby might look like in 2023. The Fantasy Rucker Show starts
1: right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Rutgers Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby, from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Ruckers Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yi, Matt Yi, and Devin Vanderpool.
0: What's up, everybody? This is episode number 41 of the Fantasy Rutgers Show. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Rutgers League members, our community members, and everyone else tagging along on this journey of trying to make fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. Matt Yee, Devin Vandy-Vanderpoel, Ryan e. here with you as always to continue that journey moving forward. And guys... We got a jam-packed and exciting episode in this one. We've been teasing, I feel like, for for weeks and weeks that we were going to finally put it all together. All those numbers that we were crunching over the past few weeks, over the past couple of months, we're going to put it all together, do a little bit of maths, and then punch out some new fantasy rankings for the people here. You guys excited to, uh, to see what that looks like?
2: Stats, yes, stats, 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 stats. That's all I got to say. Stats,
0: <laughs> stats. There we go. Well, uh, hey, if you aren't already, make sure you're following us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You can find us there. That's where you're going to find all the latest on Fantasy Rugby Mm -hmm. in the MLR, Mm -hmm. as well as getting first to know if, hey, we expand this thing, if there's open spots, new teams, new leagues, uh, new potential for more people to join this whole Fantasy Rugby thing in Major League Rugby. Uh, That's where you're going to hear it first. So make sure you're following us there. uh, And that's also where you're going to see all of the latest episodes comes out every single Wednesday every single week all the latest things on fantasy rugby well guys I got a little bit of a surprise here for our video watchers Whoa. Sorry for the podcast listeners. You ain't gonna get a, uh, anything too much in this one, but for mm-hmm. our video listeners, we're adding a little bit of a little bit of style here into our shows now. Um, give you guys, a, you guys don't have to just deal with uh, Matson and, and Vandy's pretty faces the whole time. Um, you're now gonna have a little bit of graphics here. So we're gonna go through here. I want to, to get to know what the listeners and viewers all think about this whole thing and this new setup here in uh, this episode number 41. Thought it was a, a good way uh, to introduce that in this big episode when it comes to stats so uh let's get it all started here with our very first uh first segment here with the ask tfr show question and every single week we ask uh we ask the people what they want to know about fantasy rugby and it's a nice little way to kind of get people introduced to get people in the know and join this fantasy rugby wave and yes matt you're impressed with the new graphic here we got the question up on the screen ah, and this podcast listeners ask you TFR can't see it uh, the the Ask TFR show question for this week: What excites you most about adding more stats to fantasy rugby in the MLR? Uh, we're gonna break it down in this episode. But before we get to it, to kind of get the people's taste buds going, guys, what are you excited for about our conversation today about more stats in the world of fantasy MLR?
3: Stats are king, baby. Stats are king. More stats you get, the better your throne.
2: Nope, that's what not that's, not, that, a saying, that's, not, effort, that's that? not a saying, Vanny. Good effort, though. That's not a saying. Okay. More stats, more points, more fun, more dubs for Matt E. That's what I love
0: to hear. There we go. Yeah, no, definitely. Adding, adding more stats will definitely add uh, more points into the mix. That's for sure. Vanny. I thought that was going to be your answer in this one. Nope. I guess Matt stole it. Look, This um, is where I shine, no, no, no,
2: no. guys.
3: Oh, you said before we get to that question, are you excited about our talk today?
0: No, this is the question. What are you talking about? Our conversation today. Andy, this about, is the whole graphic. This is, a STF, this is, this the, is the graphic. graphic. What all the podcast listeners right
2: have no what idea that there's, right a now? Right now, there's a graphic right now, and there's a graphic right in front of your face that you can read. But you want you there's everybody, podcast but, listeners out there I, that can't see this graphic, and you just taking advantage of being able to see it. You don't even understand the privilege that you have to be able to read this question on the screen. What I want
3: say is, everybody listening to this episode. Listen to what Ryan said. On a yoke. Comment, a hey, comment on the socials about how he was wrong and I was right. Now, my answer to that TFR show is a yoke. More stats, more points
0: tighter pants i Matt said, we're moving on <laughs> yeah. all right let's move on here uh ask tfr show question i don't know kind of uh kind of off the rails there but yeah i agree matt uh more points more stats is really stuff. i think for my answer to this question because vandy can't seem to just coherently watch. put just together watch. an answer to a question wait. what do you mean just watch you didn't say i said the ask tfr show question oh, first of all Whatever. we gotta listen um, not watch all right um, but my answer to this question is the more dynamic uh, the aspects of rugby being joined into the the game. If you're at introducing more stats, there's gonna be more yep. elements. We talked about hitting. We talked about ta- uh, we talked about breakdown steals. We talked about turnovers. When we get to interject this type of stuff into fantasy and rugby, it adds a little bit of a uh, of a deeper element into the game and also yep. kind of reflects the actual uh, game of rugby itself, which yep. is what and we the wanted to do. The, 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 the more you reflect the game,
2: the more you reflect the game. The better new people can learn the game because they're learning all facets of the game, and the better I'm gonna do because I kind of know rugby.
3: Do you? Sure. No. <laughs> Whatever your class here tell you.
0: Uh, but hey, uh, maybe that'll be the mix, Matt. Maybe just adding a little bit more stats, being able for you to en- interject that. your expertise a little bit uh, is definitely going to be something that could uh, play into your advantage in the upcoming year. But uh, hey, lots of stuff to get to in this episode. Just wanted to uh, to throw that question out there as we break it down in this episode. And, hey, if you got a question for Matt, if you got a question for Vandy, uh, next time I'm sure Vandy will listen to it a I'll little listen. bit better and mm. answer to it and he'll uh, read a little it. bit better. Right. Um, but hey, if you got a question for us, Make sure you hit us up on socials at those, uh, at those handles that I mentioned earlier, at the Fantasy Ruckers, and use the hashtag oh. ask TFR Show, and that's mm-hmm. where you'll be able to uh, get those questions answered and let it learn a little bit more about Fantasy Rugby in the MLR. Well, uh, with that being said, and before we get to the breakdown of all those great stats and all that stuff that's going to drastically shift the uh, the rankings in our fantasy rugby landscape in the MLR, there's some big news to break down, guys. And and we got to we got to get to it right away Uh, before we get to some of the roster moves that have happened over the week or so. uh, There's no missing the statement that has finally been released by the MLR and uh, the saga that is the Giltinis and the Gilgronies and uh, Adam Gilchrist that's involved in all of it may be coming to an end as uh, the Gilgronies and the Giltinis will no longer be in the MLR. In a statement released by Major League Rugby on October 25th, they say that the MLR 2023 season will now feature 12 teams in a two-conference competition. 11 of the teams that competed in 2022 uh, will be returning for the 2023 campaign. And interestingly enough, there will be a 12th team that will be added to the mix as an expansion team. Neither the Austin Gilgronis nor the the LA Guiltinis will participate in 2023. So guys, a little bit of a closed chapter here to the, what has been, it feels like a long saga to this whole whole debacle when it comes to the Grownies and Guiltinis. Initial reaction to MLR's statement here and having some uh, clarity finally moving forward here, what 2023 might look like for Major League Rugby.
2: I mean, look, I think we seriously need to have a moment of silence for the Grownies and the Giltinis, and just sit back as I say some fine words about these two franchises and how they've come to an end. Look, I put on my black collar shirt for this event because these two teams mean a lot to the MLR. Now, you hate to see him go. You hate to see him go. What a bunch of weapons. But look, I'd
3: love to see him leave.
2: when you are Adam Gilcrest, there are two things that you can do. You can die a hero, or you can live long enough to become the villain. And Mr. Gilcrest, you became a hero of the MLR, but you are now a villain of the MLR. And Gilcrest and Giltinis and Gilgronies are now in the past. Wow. May they rest wow. in peace. That, that was
0: really, really good. I got to give you a round of applause for that one, Matt. That actually makes a lot of sense. Honestly, yes. Uh, to, to put it in, in in simple terms, Adam Gilchrist was a huge, huge part in the starting of this MLR. The amount of finances and stuff that he interjected into this league was massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hand that he had in the cookie jar in, in terms of getting this kind of spurred and getting this uh, to become a reality was uh, a, a large part of, of with his help. But yeah, you're right. Uh, you're in it long enough and you may, you may become the villain and that's what it seems like, uh, Adam Gilchrist became after last year. Again, we don't know many details with regards to what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what was really behind those disqualifications and all those things and why has it resorted now all the way from, if you think about it guys, all the way back from, I guess, what was it in, in, in June or, or May, I yes. guess back then, um, when they first announced that, hey, this was uh, going to be a thing where there's going to be two teams disqualified, they 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 violated certain rules that we still don't know which rules they Wasn't were. The we speculate. Salary cap. Yeah, it was it was not too long. It was within I think a week span. Yeah. And if you had told me at that time that what six months later that both of those teams would no longer be in the MLR officially, it's pretty crazy stuff, man. Hey, pretty 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 wild. I,
2: look. Time to move on. We got a new team coming. I'm glad that some of those boys on the Gronies and Teenies will get an opportunity to go through the whole dispersal draft, you know, get a chance to be on a new team, not just or join already teams that are put together. Um, I think that's great. Unfortunately, what they're going through now, hopefully, MLR helps them out, you know, but let's move forward. We got 12 teams still coming here. Great news, I guess, on that front. Sad news that two teams. Um, have now left the MLR. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and if you want a reaction of kind of the initial statements about our inklings about the Giltinis and the Gilgronis leaving, uh, we did break it down pretty uh, in-depth uh, last episode, so you can go mm-hmm. check that out. We talked about kind of the impact that this is having on the players. There was a statement that was released uh, by the USA Rugby Players Association uh, with regards to how the players are being treated and things like that. Still lots of gray area when it comes to all that stuff. In um, a tweet, and I'll mention it here kind of to Forward that uh, in a tweet by uh, uh, by the co-founder and CEO of uh, of Utah Warriors Rugby. Uh, I believe his name is uh, Kim. Yeah, his his Twitter handle is Kimball Kjar. Um, and obviously, he's been one of the uh, 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 the big guys that has been following and helping promote the Utah Warriors and things like that. Um, and he came out with a, a an announcement here saying that. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Um, the US MLR absolutely did the right thing earlier this season and in working with the sale process of LA and Austin despite the hard work of many in the MLR front office, Board and Gilchrist, a sale couldn't transact on time. Focus has been on and will always be on the players. So according to this CEO, uh, according to Kimball uh, Kajar, um, uh, the CEO uh, CEO of the Utah Warriors, the players are on top of mind for the MLR. Now that uh, statement made by the Players Association last week doesn't really in indicate that but again uh we'll have to and see how this we just got to hope out. that they're
2: taking care of
0: Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that all plays out. But what we do know now, based on this statement, is that, in fact, indeed, the Giltinis and the Gorgonis will now not be a part of the MLR moving forward. There will be a brand new team moving in. Uh, rumors are that it is going to be Chicago, possibly. Um, we'll see whether or not that is that has any substance, but it's going to be exciting to see uh, what city it actually is. If it is going to be Chicago, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Chicago's a fun city. I think we had an episode of uh, a, a, a Few weeks back, maybe a couple months back, where we kind of had an Ask TFR show question where we like kind of talked about cool cities uh, that would uh, that would be that would be a part of the MLR. Um, you can check that out when uh, where and, and look at our conversation about cities that could entertain an MLR team. In this case, it might be Chicago. In this case, and uh, it's not going to be LA or Austin in that case. So a nice little closure, guys, to the chapter of uh, of this whole shenanigans. A little bit, at least, uh, obviously. The details, like I said, aren't there, but at least we're now, feels like we're moving forward here. No it's going, It's going to be interesting. Crazy. We mentioned it last episode too. I don't know how this dispersal draft is really going to work. There's been trades going on with uh, that have been involving, you know, the Giltinis and the and, and the Gilgronis. We talked about it last week. Uh, there was a salary cap trade um, and, and there was uh, uh, with the move of, I believe, Luke Burden going to the San Diego Legion. They gave the Gil, uh, the Giltinis a little bit of uh, salary cap Um, considerations how does that work out because obviously there's no guiltini's team now to use that extra salary cap space not quite sure they essentially you know where is that money going to be allocated to? Um, I have no idea. So it's going to be interesting too. Um, last thing here, guys, um, we got to just go over some quick roster moves. Not really sure there's as many big roster moves as mm-hmm. there have been in past weeks, um, but I'm just going to name out a few. If there's any that stick out to you, uh, you stop me uh, when uh, when we get there. Uh, Foster DeWitt uh, returning to New England Free and Again, some of these are going to be ones that we mentioned last week, but I just want to make sure I cover all the bases. Tyler Rowland and Adrian Wadden, they're returning to the Toronto. Arrows. Penny Lasaka is returning to Old Glory DC. I know we mentioned that last week. Alex Lopetti uh, staying with the NOLA Gold. Josh Mm -hmm. Henderson, Nate Oxburger, staying with the San Diego Legion. So kind of throws a wrench into that full fly half situation on San Diego too with Josh Henderson, I guess, staying there. Uh, Connor McLeod, he's going from the Hawks Bay Magpies in the NPC Cup to the Utah Warriors. So nice to see again more international talent uh, moving to the Utah Warriors. Quickly, Matt, is there a way that Vandy should be feeling about this move?
2: I just feel awesome, you know, just I feel awesome every is, day. Just fill up on the McLeods.
0: Cody McLeod, Ron McLeod, Connor McLeod. Gotcha. There you go. Um, scrum half. So you, you know, you guys got uh, you guys got your boys right now on on the. And Utah you guys Warriors. just
2: resigned Zion Going. As well, maybe
0: it sounds like the league going, has going some thing. sort. Uh, it seems like the league has some sort of thing about accumulating scrum halves because there's a whole bunch of teams that have been hey, doing that lately. Look, but I'm so, still yeah. a free. I'm still a free yeah. agent, boys.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, uh, Utah Warriors. Uh, Niall Saunders was a big piece of the Utah Warriors at that scrum half position. Danny Christensen made a bunch of appearances there. Matt, you mentioned it. They re-signed Zion Going, um, and now they also obviously now have um, have uh, Connor McLeod, uh, who joins that kind of scrum half roster for the Utah Warriors. So more depth there, Vandy. I guess that. You can right. uh, you can count on. Um, and then you got Tanila Filmon going to New England Free Jacks. He's also coming from the NPC. Uh, Tom Florence also moving from the NPC from the Taranaki Bulls uh, to the NOLA Gold. Um, Chris Robshaw. This is a big one that I want to spend a little bit of time on, Matt. You probably have a little bit more familiarity with this, but Chris Ro- Robshaw is hanging up his rugby boots. He's Hanging it up for his career. He is officially retiring. Uh, moving on from the San Diego Legion and uh and and colon in a career there a pretty a pretty formidable career for the uh canadian international for chris robshaw
2: england international
0: <clears throat> or england international sorry
2: apologize. but uh but i mean we would. hey we wish he was a canadian international then you know maybe yeah. canada would be, would be something and <laughs> True, make it to the world cup but uh but no i mean the guy's a legend in the game um you know was you know came to san diego and and um, at the end of his career. And I think that's just kind of how it is. Some some guys, some legends will come over and, and I think we've seen in the past and they'll end their careers here. And we just get the privilege of being able to watch them and, and their skill still uh, be forces in the league when they're even on their way out the door.
0: Yeah, kind of a similar route to kind of the whole Andy Ellis thing who obviously yep. called it a career um, at the end of that MLR Shield Championship match. Um, Blair Cowan, he's going to the San Diego Legion. He's moving from the Japanese League, coming from the Do- Tokyo Black Rams, which is a pretty awesome name for a rugby club. And there's a whole bunch of then Rugby Atlanta re-signings. We mentioned yeah. again a few of these over in our see. last episode, but Johan Mumsen, Matt Heaton, Jonas Petr- 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 Popolis, uh Will Burke, T. Rangatirwa Tokyo, Fred Henry, Ajuda, Ryan Reese, Damon Torres, and Duncan Van Shalwick. They are all returning to Rugby Atlantis. And so Martin Talabuzi. Is Martin Talabuzi returning too?
2: Yes, he is.
0: There we go. So Martin Talapusi was also a big a uh, a big, uh, a key cog for that Rugby Atlanta club, also returning to Rugby Atlanta. Um, yeah, and once again, a flurry of roster moves. Um, and, uh, not, again, not as many that are as big yeah. um, outside of that Chris Robshaw signing. Also, um, so I think Ross, we can just
2: Ross the Boss Brody re-signed with the Toronto Arrows.
0: Yes, Ross Brody re-signed with the Toronto Arrows.
2: Connor Keys has now signed with the New England Free Jacks. There moving from the, uh, I believe, Atlanta over to the Free Jacks. So he's going over there. Um, one thing I just wanted to say on roster moves is, heads up, everybody. All the Super Rugby teams have named their roster, which means that any guys that went from the MLR to the N P C Bunnings Cup and did not get selected for a roster spot for one of those Super Rugby clubs, potentially look out for them to have a good sign of them coming back to the MLR um, because obviously, if they play the Super Rugby season, then they won't be playing the M L R. So they should be able to come back now after the NPC Bunnings Cup season.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a great point. Uh, Just a way to kind of read between the lines to get prepared um, for whatever pre-research you may be doing ahead of Mm -hmm. next year's fantasy MLR (laughs) season. Lots of sticky notes there. Um, But all right, it's uh, time to move on. I'll end it on this note. We did talk about last episode about how there were rumors about the commissioner of the MLR, George Killebrew, potentially not being around uh, maybe for much longer, um, considering with what's been going on and all these things that have been rumors rumors kind of in the social media space about that nothing brand new officially when it comes to that but the mlr did wish george killebrew a happy birthday uh earlier on uh, oh he's a brand new we age recording that so i mean it's basically saying that he's sticking around for at least uh, a he's little a brand new longer. age and
2: hey, look um the one thing that i'll say about him is that we know that he has a great left handshake so props <laughs> to you george confirmed. killebrew well, No, he's got both of them. You know, Callie had to test out the left one just to make sure
0: that is right yeah. that is right like that. we did get that confirmed but uh, yeah, yeah happy birthday I guess to MLR Commissioner George Killebrew um, more kind of insight for us oh, to stats. say that he is uh, he is sticking around for a little bit longer but uh, alright guys well hey it's time now to kind of break stats, down stats, the stats stats, stats 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 that Matthew has been stats, chanting stats, since the stats, beginning stats of the episode stats graphics, um,
2: stats stats graphics,
0: I guess the best way I guess the best way to kind of go forward with this is kind of give a recap uh, before we get into the actual part we're going to do what we're going right. to do is we're going to go into the top five players of the entire rankings. We're going to reveal those first and then we're going to go into position by position of breaking down uh, who kind of uh, tops those rankings in each uh, positional category and see how they were affected by the change in uh, in stats and the reintroduction or introduction of new stat categories. So again, if you weren't listening along, you can again go back to those episodes and have a deeper com- uh, listen to those conversations that we had. But we got finally got our hands on um guys the stats and a little bit more in-depth stats to than what we used last season for our fantasy mlr year last year it was very score heavy based did a lot of tries try scoring meters uh kicking things like that try sis Now that we've got our hands on these stats, we can now have the ability to introduce things like tackles, breakdown steals, meters gained, not just scoring meters, um, turnovers and things like that. So we had conversations over the past uh, month or so uh, about introducing those stats. We kind of went into it, introducing them one by one and saw the effect that each of them had independently on our fantasy rankings. And now, like I said in the tease, it's time to put it all together and see how our fantasy rankings stand after. Those conversations and implementing the things that we spoke about. So, with all of that out of the way, uh, I'm just going to go over. What we finally decided on with these rankings. So mm. again, we went over tackles, meters Boom. gained, Boom. breakdown, steals, and turnovers. Those were the big things that we wanted to introduce into our league. So when it comes to when it comes to tackles, uh, we had that conversation about uh, maybe the what we had it originally sitting at zero point five was a little bit too overpowered. We don't want tacklers to really take over the entire game, and we don't want it to be too heavy. So what I've done is I. I, find a, I found a happy medium, spoke with some of the league members here, and we're valuing tackles at 0.3. So kind of not too Ooh. little, not 0.2, uh, not 0.25, and not as high as 0.5, but kind of a happy medium there with 0.3. Uh, meters gained, we're going to keep it pretty vanilla, similar to what we kept it at uh, during our last season when it came to scoring meters, 0.1. That sounds pretty yep. standard for all of, our, uh, all of our leagues, even outside of just fantasy rugby. I mean, Vandy, you know, fantasy football goes by 0.1 typically uh, for uh, yards gained, um, we'll do that in fantasy rugby here as well. It's what we did for our scoring meters uh, too. Uh, breakdown steals a little bit more weight on this one. I thought breakdown steals is something that should be rewarded in our leagues. So we're going to value that at two points for breakdown yes. steals, and then turnovers. This is anything where the ball is given to the other team, whether that be a knockdown, uh, a knock on, not a knockdown, knock on, um, uh, a penalty turnover, uh, losing it uh, into contact things like that that's going to be minus 0.5 points for a turnover so kind of uh interchanging dynamics here we got things that are going to obviously add points uh different dynamics that are going to add to the stat category but hey with turnovers we're also going to have a little bit of a negative aspect too so it's not just uh adding points uh continuously here with what we have so you guys ready here you guys ready for the uh, top five reveal of who is at the top of our rankings yeah, Let's rock and really- roll. Right. Uh, before we reveal it, uh, do you guys want to know mm-hmm. a little refresher of how last year's top five rankings were? I would no, love I that. Re- I, think that might I right. remember. Well, last year's top five oh, rankings in terms of uh, fantasy players. Bodine Walker was number one at 126. Fantasy points: Ed Fido, 117; Joe Peterson, 104; AJ Alatimu, 97 and a half, and then William Teletana at 89.7. And again, this was off of a heavy uh, uh, of uh, try scoring uh, format here. Um, a lot of kickers were up in that top five. Let's see now whether or not that top five stays the same or relatively same. Do you see some familiar names? And we got Ooh, Bill Meeks,
1: what
2: Ed the- Fido.
0: Fido, what? JP Duplay, C LaRue Milan and will Leonard and interesting enough wow. for, for those of you watching on our YouTube channel who see the uh the stats there on our screen um uh, four of the five of them four of the five of them are centers what the heck's one up back with this? three making the top five there with Ed Fido. um guys initial kind of uh reaction to this top five uh before I start breaking down the actual numbers so
3: I don't know how
2: that Ed I Fido be one I don't know how I'm feeling about this. Feels like there's a lot of centers in that top five. And I thought there would be at least, you know, a back row or something. Or I you know, some forward, you know at least some forward in there. Um I mean, hey, I'm I'm interested to see what exactly is. It's probably the fact that one they get the ball a lot, two yeah. they tackle a lot, and three they're probably involved in the breakdown sometimes as well. So, I mean, hey, you expect it from the center, but you know, you also kind of want to see the the, the forward packs and forwards have some representative in that top five.
3: Now, Ryan, yeah. out of yeah. the top, I don't know if you have these numbers on hand. Out of like the top, let's say twenty, how many of those would be centers?
0: Well, well, we'll get into that because okay, uh, okay. we got the next, the next graphic coming up here. Um, we, we'll, we'll show up the top 15 here because I did want to do that. I wanted to see uh, kind of how... Um, you know how we could introduce some of those positions into that top ten, into that top fifteen, and even into that top five. And I was I was playing with these values earlier on today, guys, and uh, and listening back to our discussion about what we thought were valued. And even when I was lowering the tackle amount, or even when I was uh, uh, increasing the tackle amount, and and things like that, um, it really wasn't allowing you know forward players to necessarily break this top five number. And I think Matt, you're you're uh, you're starting on a good point there. I think I think you do have a good feeling that uh, center is it just they really do it a little bit of everything. You know, they're at the breakdown so they can get breakdown steals. They're making tackles at the center of the field um, because they're often where uh, the point of contacts are are, 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 are going to be. Uh, they have a lot of meters gained because they handle the ball a lot. They, they they also have the ability to break lines often. Uh, you look at Bill Meeks, you look at J.P. Dublisi, we look at Leroux Milan, we look at Will Leonard. Those are all guys that we remember through the entirety of the 2022 season of having those big time plays, of being able to break through that line and and collecting a big chunk of of, of meterage during the yeah. during the match
2: oh <laughs> um, look at that beast will Leonard with 14 breakdown steals at the center
0: yeah and that, and that's Absolute what's crazy muted. so yeah so let, let's break it down a little bit further here I'll start off with Bill Meeks here he finishes off at the top of our rankings 244 and a half total fantasy points uh he was the uh the the player with the most meters gained in the entire season with 1552 that is out of all the players in fantasy MLR He led all of them. And he was also at the center position, the 32nd uh, best tackler, making a total of 166 tackles um, in the entirety of this uh, 2022 year. Uh, With the changing of those stats, introducing tackles, introducing breakdown steals, um, and introducing meters gained, Bill Meeks goes up 53 spots in the ranking. So he was sitting at 54 in our previous, uh, in our previous kind of scoring format. And now with this new format, he jumps up 53 spots um uh that, that that's kind of just you know it, it, does that surprise you at all um i mean
2: I, i'm surprised to see him at the top frankly there are so many guys that i expected to see above bill Meeks. yes he had the most meters gained but you know at the end of the day meters gained is really one points for us right like right yeah. what I, I got it like what else is there i mean yes he made 166 tackles but you know larue melin you're looking right there he's you know, he's made 172 tackles, right? right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's interesting to me because I just did not expect Bill Meeks to be up at the top. And it's kind of yeah. making me wonder, maybe we should have tackles, you know, 0.5 and we'd see some more forwards up
0: there. Yeah, um, and again, like I said, though, even with having a 0.5, uh, breaking the top five is hard, I think, because with these guys that you have here, these guys are really guys that did everything, like, like I said. No. Uh, in addition to the stats that are listed on your screen there, um, they were also scoring tries and they were also getting points. So I think when you put that all together um, for me, at least it's not surprising that the center position gets the biggest boost here, clearly in this top five, at least.
3: Well, it's almost like our, it was like a transition. It was like kickers. Basically your kicker right. was like your quarterback last sure. year. Now it makes sense. If a center seems to be doing the most on the field, like as a quarterback would be, it makes sense that they're all ranked as high as they yeah, are. That's
2: right. fair enough. don't uh, really- even look
3: like, third to fifth you're talking five points difference
2: yeah like that's yeah. nothing They'll, no you know,
3: that could be interchangeable i uh, just real quick what's what's the difference between five and ten and and just we're points? we're gonna get there man. you're excited man
0: Vandy, we're moving on quick getting inside of the there.
2: schedule but, I, uh, yeah,
0: I just mean it's talking points. With yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. we will getting to it. out of the schedule. We'll Vandy. get to it real, we'll get to real there, quick here, but let me just break lane. down here. Again, we're not surprised necessarily about Ed Fido. Uh, he, again, 12 tries in that 2020 year. Uh, first in the in the entire MLR. Add uh, to that, we remember, a bunch of those big time uh break uh break free uh uh line breaks excuse me uh, getting through that amalgamated to that 400 of uh, 1432 meters gained um, and then when you break down some of these lower centers Vanny, like you mentioned that aren't really separated by that many points JP Duplessis LaRue Milan uh, will Leonard again a lot of these guys being benefactors of that you know they're they have a lot of meters gained we talked about the second most meters gain for JP Duplessis fifth most meter gain for LaRue Milan and ten, uh, eighth most meters gain for will Leonard so obviously Obviously, when you have that there, that's a whole bunch of points that you're adding. And again, lots of tackles there for both Leroux Milan, and JP Duplessis. And then a lot of breakdown steals for Will Leonard. 10th overall at the center position with 14. That's a that's a whole uh, a whole bunch of breakdown steals there. Um, and then respectively, those addition of stats, 123 ranking increase for JP Duplessis, 17 spot increase for Leroux Milan, and then 46 spot increase for Will Leonard. So that's your top five, Bill Meeks, Ed Fiedler, out J P Duplessis Larumeland Will Leonard and again the big big takeaway there is that four of the five there are centers um, which is definitely something that wasn't. Last year, the center position in our season last year really didn't have a lot of value. Hey. It looks like with this uh, with this season, it might have a whole lot more value at that center position. And what Vanny's been asking for, let's Ta- give it to him here. Ten. We got Ta- the six ten. to fifteen Ta- ranking now. Ten. So this is what you've been waiting for. You're starting to now see a little bit more of those here back row go. position players. You're seeing Riker Hadding at that six spot. <laughs> you're seeing Lance Williams at that fourteen spot, and you're seeing Ronan Foley at that fifteen spot. So I'll take you through the top. Five 15 here uh Hadding hatting at six joe peterson at seven faasu Fuatai at eight uh renana roberts tanana at nine duncan matthews at 10 marco keith at 11 penny lasaka at 12 aj Alatimu at 13 uh lance williams at 14 and uh ronan foley this at is 15. wild
2: top 15 and we haven't seen any waka flock flaming was, this is was, crazy
0: right this I is was, crazy I was just about to mention that is that you haven't even seen the guy that essentially was the star and he was the MVP of of the 2022 MLR season. Um, Hands down, I think everyone agreed that he was the guy that was having the most impact on the field. And we talked about kind of reflecting that in fantasy rugby with this change in Uh, kind of stats, uh, we may not be getting that, at least with the MVP.
2: Yeah, I mean look, like this the, the way these stats are built is it favors the all-rounded players. You do everything, you do you're really good at one thing and you're mediocre at some of the other things, you're going to get a lot of fantasy points. And you know what? Like it's how it should be. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if you're sure. scoring tries, sure, awesome. You're you're an impact, yes, you're the MVP of the league. But just because you're absolutely electric on offense but provide not that much stats on defense and hey, you know? It is what it is. You need to be an all-rounded player to do well in fantasy. Um, I mean, moving across it to another guy who was an absolute stud last year, Riker Hadding. I mean, talk about being tough to break that top five. Like Even even PEDs can't even help you break that top five.
0: (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting enough. um, Again, I think – that it's difficult to kind of bump up a forward into that top five. I try to play around with it. It's really tough without- Hey, he tried.
2: He tried. He tried his best. uh,
0: Super uh, saturating, I guess, or or, or overpowering what that tackle stat actually is. Because again, I think that was what was really helpful about those previous episodes about breaking things down is having that kind of individual, independent look at each of those stats. Um, I think on its own, we saw that, hey- You know, tackles were really overpowered. But like you mentioned, we had those conversations before, too. Maybe there's counteracting things here. Maybe we are able to punch up stats or push up stats to 0.5, maybe even 0.75, because there's other things that kind of counterbalance that, like turnovers and things like that. Matt, what are you celebrating at?
2: Nothing. I was just cheering, cheering for Vandy's fandom. He's got got fans going on in the backyard background. I wish I had the same, you know? Hey, um, hey Vanny, look at Big Joe getting knocked out of the top five. Yeah, what the heck is up too, with eh? that, eh? That
3: yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Especially when you so, back to fullback, he didn't really get a lot of meters, didn't get a lot of. Yeah, so interestingly
0: enough, yeah, to answer your question, Vandy, uh, you look at that 15 spot and you got 187.7 points given by Ronan Foley. We go back to the top five um, and we got 244.5 for Bill Meek. So there's about a 60 point difference there between your top overall guy and your 15th overall guy, which is not terrible. Um well, it and, falls and pretty much I, a trend yeah and i think i think what i like is that i'm seeing a gradient of kind of points going down here it's not i think often uh with our scoring system last year we'd have kind of these big chunks where we'd have guys that are at the top that have you know 100 plus points and then there'd be guys that have you know 50 points you know what i mean that are coming in right after just because of the volatility of try scoring well, look, how, like look how many
2: stats he's like how, look how many points these guys have up at the top i mean we're hitting over 200 like that is, you know, that's unreal. I mean, look at how many points, what the top, what was the top points uh, last, last year, Ryan? I believe Bodie, Bodie Boding Walker Waka
0: got 123 points around. Yeah. And he was score. essentially, and who
2: was the next guy? Because Bodie uh, Walker was kind Ed of, Fito, a, uh, I think.
0: And yeah, after think Ed, think Fido. Ed Fido. Uh, so Bodie Walker had 126 points. Ed Fido had 117
2: and, and still then, you're then, like then,
0: then it, but to Vanny's points, it drops off quickly. Joe Pierce at 104, AJ Alatimo at ninety-eight, yeah. William Tyler Tina at ninety. It gums it, it starts to fall off pretty rapidly yeah. where here you're not seeing that.
2: Yeah, no, this is I think this is cool to see because it's just the fact that we have almost doubled the amount of points yeah,
3: that exactly. are up
2: for grabs with some of these players. Um, oh it's just it's it's just great to great and to see.
3: A lot more so, balanced, right? That's yeah. exactly what you're looking for. You want your elites, but you don't want to skew it.
0: Right. And, I, and I'm loving the fact that I'm not seeing a whole bunch of fly half kickers in here, like what we saw at our rankings last year, where yeah. really mm. our top 10 was really, I think if I'm looking at it now, um, out of our top 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, we had one, two, seven kickers, seven out of 10 of our people in our top 10 were kickers. Right. Three out yeah. of the top or four, four out of the top five were kickers. Right. And in, I in, in our, in our if we go back to the top five rankings, none are kickers. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So talk about a shift in focus in terms of where you're getting your points from. Um, And then in, when you look at the top 15, we only have two kickers in there with AJ Alatimu and Joe Peterson. So um, I do like the
3: idea of that.
0: Um, Now that you though, so that you guys.
3: Yeah. You actually only, you got four centers in the top five, but you only got six in the top 15. Mm hmm.
2: Hey, that really? means that means that there's a fault that, that means like hey, you know, you if you get hands on one of those those top centers.
3: Well, the thing was like last year, right? Kicker is such a it was such an important position, but it was such a minimal position that now if centers kind of your meat and potatoes, there's a lot of centers. Yeah. Or yeah, more that's true. of than kickers, like sure. way more of. It's you true. don't want people falling into that, you know, one injury can can ruin a season type this is right, true. mindset. Right.
0: This is true. Um, you know, there's two now, centers in a team. Right. And I mean, now that you see the top 15, your initial guys, it's kind of funny. Your initial guys' reaction to that top five was a little bit skeptical. Seeing four centers up there now, Vandy, yeah. you mentioned six in the top fifteen. You're seeing a little bit more back rows, you're seeing fly halves, you're seeing back yeah. threes. You yeah. guys a little bit more comfortable with this scoring format now that you see the top 15. Yeah. I, think I mean it's exactly
3: I, what you want.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I would still love to see a bit more forwards representing even in like the top 15. I know maybe the top five's hard to hard to crack. Um, but in, even more forward representing the top fifteen. But you know the players that I'm seeing here are the players that you would think deserve to be in this top fifteen. Like all of these guys were studs all year round, and and that's what you know that's what we love to see. We don't need to have the guys that are scoring you know four tries but really aren't making a contribution to the rest of the game. If
3: you, you know these are names when you watch the game you're going to hear exactly. Them, and you're going to hear them a lot. Like yeah. those are all names you're going to hear constantly. And exactly. hey that means that we're on
0: somewhat of, of a right track here. Exactly. So I think the big thing here the big shocker is that yes Matt you mentioned it, Bodine Walk is not in this top. That game. is crazy though. The heck is nice, is this? Um I believe in our rankings which we'll get to he's sitting at 23rd overall in oh, all the position. So he's lost um, like Joker. still still one of the top guys uh, that you'll that you'll target in your yep. fantasy ranking but um uh, at least when going into last season uh but not necessarily with this format is he going to be someone that's going to be as heavily impactful or I should say literally OP like the guy that like you had no, Walker last broken. season he was broken yeah. just the, the amount of points what? that he was scoring but now hey, that you're introducing tackles breakdown steals things that he may not be as good at um, he was a little bit lower in the tackle column he was a little bit lower um, in some of those other areas breakdown steals and things like that a guy that handles the ball a lot gets a lot of turnovers too um, kind of you know nerves hey. him a little bit but so outside it, of like Bodie nice
3: walking, walking a lot of these names you don't see them like, I guess AJLT. Altimou Dropped nine spots, but they're not dropping an insane amount. Joe dropped four, you know. Roberts Tanana, yeah, it's, one. it's more guys Penny going Larkin up. Dropped. Exactly, that's you're not seeing all these top dogs sure. now dropping 20 spots, but now right. you're seeing guys who were, like I was saying, very relevant to the game. You're going to hear them a lot are now up in your top 15. Right. And I think that's
0: a good thing, too, right? Like we talked about to start the show with our Ask TFR show question about more points is a good thing for fantasy. And if everyone's getting boosted up uh, in the rankings, everyone's moving up, everyone's getting more points, that's that's a good thing to see. So I do think uh, we're on somewhat of a right track here. I like this top 15. I think we're onto something here. Hey, to your point, Matt, to get more back rows into that top five, let's just get someone, uh, some of these back rows, maybe get Mike Smith to hit a little hey, bit more. Who knows? Maybe get them it'll, change, it'll change my
2: <laughs> mind once we see the top five for each position because they don't know how far off they are.
0: Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, top five uh, uh, top five uh, overall players there, top 15 overall players there broken down. Let's now start slowly getting into the positions here because I think that's what really matters. Bro. That's what fantasy Bro. managers are looking Bro. for, seeing where they can get the advantage at certain positions because it's all relative, right? We know that back three players are going to get a lot of points. We know that in this case, with this format, centers are going to get a lot of points. But how do you take advantage at a, maybe a position that doesn't get as many points yeah. like, like the front big row rigs. comparing to other front Front row player, so let's get into it. Front row top five with Woo! our new uh editions of stats. We got Dean Muir, James Malcolm, Marco Jan von Rensberg at three, Dylan Fawcett at four, Andrew Quatran at Five, So a little bit of a shakeup there for our top five front row positions. Uh, guys, if you want to know the front row, top five front row with our stats last year, Dean Muir, Marco Jan von Rensberg, Hugh Roach, Alex Mann, Peter Malcolm. So See, uh, a little bit of a change. There. To me,
2: to me, that makes like, yes, Hugh Roach scored tries, but he was not the, you know, he wasn't the, the stud, like he wasn't the third best hooker in, in the league. Right. Yeah. Like he wasn't the third best front row in the league. And you look at this list there, and this to me looks like the exact way that I would look at all the hooker. I mean, they're yep. all hookers. I don't think that's a surprise to us, first nope. of all. But when you look at this list, I look at that and I say, that is in order the top five hookers in this league. Yeah. I'd
3: agree. You know?
2: yeah. that's that's what yeah. I, that's what I see. And and I think that's great. That that's just, you know, it just means that our stats and the way that we are are out this in this listing is 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 awesome.
3: And Dean Muir was an animal. So being twenty, yeah. you know, twenty points ahead of Quatrin, who also being an animal, just Dean Muir got more tries, right? Eight, yeah, eighteen tries to ten tries ten, tries, ten tries,
0: ten oh, tries, sorry, ten to, tries to I think Andrew Qua. Yeah, the font's kind of weird. Ten tries to uh, I think Quatrin got. I can pull it up here. I think he. I want to say he got like two tries this yeah, season. So yeah,
3: that's what I mean. Like you know, Muir still. Was the three tries. The, the front row that you know first year in the league? Boom! Yeah. You said front row. I think Dean Muir. You know, For what sure. I mean? so seeing yeah. him still at the top is good.
2: Yeah, but and back to your you, point, you have a Vandy. discrepancy. I mean, back to your point, like yeah, the discrepancy is small, and also like. We're seeing these guys that deserve to go up a hundred spots.
3: Yeah, for sure. Go up a
2: hundred spots. And the guys that don't deserve to go down a lot are not going down a lot. Dean Muir is not losing his rankings by, you know, adding all these extra stats. But what we're doing is allowing James Malcolm and Andrew Quatran to be able to be recognized by, by fantasy points, their actual worth on the field. And again, same with Jans, Vons, Mons, Gons, Rensberg, right? He only went down 29 points in comparison to the 186 that James Malcolm went up. I think this is uh, the seeing this front row has really kind of made me think. Hey, this is we're on to something. We're up yes. to something here.
0: No, I, I completely yeah. agree. And again, uh, to kind of add to that, Matt, about, you know, the decreasing in fantasy ranking spots based off these uh, stat changes is that the guys that are kind of going down in, and to your point, Matt, by not that much. I mean, 30 ranking spots is not terribly, uh, a terribly a lot in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I think there but, were a total of 590 yeah. players that were yeah. in, in total I mean, in the almost- rankings.
2: Um Almost in a way for me, I think what this is doing is clustering the top five in each position. It's like bringing them all together into what we think is the top five hookers in the league, top five centers in the league, top five back rows in the league, and bringing them together into a spot like, hey, I know that this position, if I get one of the top fives, I'm going to get X amount of points. And you can say that like it's pretty close between 141 to 121. Like that's only 20 points, but you know. With the draft capital that that you gain by drafting Quatran maybe later on and get picking up a better center earlier on, you know, that 20 points can make up for itself. And I think this is awesome. Like, we're not seeing the huge discrepancy between Quatran, who isn't the worst hooker in the league for sure, and Dean Muir.
0: And again, and again, what I was saying is that um, the guys that are going down, like Dean Muir and Marco Jan von Rendsburg, slightly in the ranking is largely due to because they're. Uh, their fantasy point total was somewhat inflated due to the increased number of tries yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that, that they uh, that they got. So you look at Jan von Rensburg, he scored nine tries on the season, third positionally. You look at Dean Muir, 10 tries on the season, uh, the top at that front row position. Uh, those guys uh, were inflated because those were points that were already kind of baked into their fantasy point total. But then you got, like to Matt's point, James Malcolm, who's kind of uh, supplementing that with those meters gained. He made two hundred. And 29 tackles yeah. this past season, first at that front row position. So he should be rewarded for that. Your yeah, number sure. one tackler sure. at that front row position should be in your top five. And now we're now um uh I guess getting that baked into our fantasy ranking here, seeing that James Malcolm is up there. So yeah, and guys and it, like like Andrew Quadrant too, Dylan Fawcett, like you see there, like that, that's 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 what it see, is.
3: Like even here, like uh Jans von Rensburg. Nine tri meters and that's third in that position. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that yeah hey, sorry, there's therapy. a little bit there's a little a bit of music.
0: a typo there. That's that should just say nine tries. That's, that should just say tries. That that's not just a hey. meters game. We, like still a the transit, so. we still <laughs> yeah, love yeah, the graphics, We still love the graphics. I'm like we still love the graphics. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 but nine nine tries. Yeah, he got nine got tries you. last season. So okay. um yeah. But uh yeah, that no, it's good to see with the front row position. Um again, Dean Muir number one, me. two James Malcolm, Marco Jan von Rensburg number three, Dylan Fawcett four, uh Andrew Quatra number five. And again, you can see all the detailed stats. If you're listening on our podcast, you'll be able to if you check out the YouTube video, we got all the detailed stats and the fantasy metrics there on our screen there. Um let's move over to the second row now and continue uh seeing whether or not this is something uh uh, that stays in theme here with these change stats, with kind of the um, you know merging of these rankings of not having as high uh, kind of outliers with these positions. Uh, let's look at the second guys. row. Three Number one, Johan Mumsen. Number two, Stan South. Number three, Yuri Van Vuren. Number four, oh, Ben Mitchell. Number five, Josh Larson. So um, again. Second row was a position that we kind of predicted would benefit most from the addition of these stats. We saw it when we were putting in the additional stats and we're seeing it here with the amount of uh, ranking spots that all of these second row positions increase in the top five here. Um, Guys, you see this? Um, What's your kind of initial reaction to seeing the second row? You know know what I said at the start of the show? Yeah.
2: You know what I said at the start of the show when I said that I would be so much better in the fantasy rocker league with these stats, yeah, three of those guys on my squad <laughs> right there. Three of those guys all in the top five. Come oh, yeah. on now, let's go. And I had Dylan Fawcett and James Malcolm from the last one. Come on, it but you know I, it, what you said, Ryan is clear. Like, look at how many spots these guys are moving up, and and deservingly so. Um, again, we're seeing it again. Like, we're seeing exactly who we think should be in the top five. In the top five, Momsen, you know, a guy who is less fantasy relevant, Yuri Van and Ben Mitchell, you know, just because I had them, I know that they were less fantasy relevant sometimes. Mm-hmm. But look, these guys are the top five, I think, you know, not just fantasy wise, but again, just like the front rows, they're among the top five second rows in the MLR. And we're seeing that reflected. This is what we're striving for. This is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um- yeah and again it's it's all relative like what i said at the start right you look at the second row position right you look at johan Mumsen, who had the most meters gained at 724 meters on the 2022 season at that second row position um he had four four tries at yeah. the second row position uh, yeah. first positionally and he only was able to rack up 150.7 total fantasy points i mean you compare it to what you know some of the uh, uh guys looking at our top 15 here you know they're breaking 200 points right so yeah. obviously there is still not a, a whole bunch of points value being drawn out from this second row position, but at least now we're making it, it relevant. Value. They're not, yeah. they're not completely invaluable. You're not just randomly yeah. throwing someone in your lineup and like, all right, I hope he scores, you know, two points because he stays on for 80 minutes and it's he, all he, relevant. He, don't you? Well, cause
3: sometimes like even last year, you know, there were multiple weeks when people sat a second row instead of drawing right. somebody to fill it. It was oh, sure. Basically if you had to waiver a second row, what was the point?
0: Right. Right, right. But Same now, thing. if you have a guy like Johan Mumsen who's going to be rewarded for the meters that he runs and the try scoring ability that he has, you're going to have a huge advantage of playing Johan Mumsen yep. at your lineup as opposed to having yep. maybe a different second row that yep. might be Taylor uh, w- that might be lower in the rankings.
2: I would say though, with the second row, it seems like there's a bit more dis- like disparity between first and fifth. It looks like you know what we're dropping down. It looks like fifty points there. But Ryan um, touched
3: on. To me, it makes sense why there is. You're talking the first of that position, the first of that position, and then Larson, you know, he had the most tackles, sure, but how many – he was fifth, or, sorry, 11th in meters gained, and I don't even know how many guys he got, but – if you're right. 11, you know what I mean? So it makes
0: sense. Sure. And and it, to Matt's point, you know, I think, and you may, you may like it, you may not like it. And it would be interesting to see, maybe uh, we can get a little bit of reaction from our current league members here. Um, you know, message us in the Discord channel. Let us know in the comments down below what you guys think of this. Uh, but it would be interesting to kind of hear from, uh, from them what they think of, I guess, Um. You know, the, the, those breakdowns of 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 being that overall player, like you mentioned, Matt. Like yeah. if you if you're an overall guy that's able to carry the ball, you touch the ball a lot, you gain a lot of meters, gain, you get a lot of tackles, um, you score a try occasionally here and there. You don't need to be the 12 try score like Ed Fido. You just gotta pop in a couple here and there. Hmm. Um, you can be high in the rankings for being good or above average in a whole bunch of stats rather than Mm -hmm. just being hyper-explosive at one singular stat, which is what I felt like what was last year. I feel like if you're just hyper-explosive at tries, you're going to dominate the fantasy rankings. If you're hyper-explosive at kicking, you're going to dominate the fantasy rankings because that's where most of the points came from. In this essence, um, there's not one place that you can get all the points.
2: And hey, the other thing with the disparity between first and fifth is it allows, hey, it, it provides draft strategy. Right. Like sure. for me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, dang, I better get a second. You know, having a, having a Johan Mumpson or a Stan South or a Yuri Van Uren, that's an additional 20 points to 60 points on top of number five. So maybe I spend a higher draft capital on Johan Mumsen and settle for a center that maybe gets, you know, 10 or 15 points less right. than the top guy or right. a hooker that gets five or six points less than the top guy. Like. Now now we're looking at draft strategy. And you we kind of did that last year and I kind of said, "Oh, what position's going to drop off really quick in terms of try scored?" But this mm-hmm. year it's like, hey, like it's not just tries that we're looking yeah. at. We're looking at so much more like you said, Ryan, that now the draft strategy can actually be taking educated guesses.
3: Yeah, exactly. And- and again,
0: for our listeners, uh, Johan Mumsen moving forty spots in our rankings up. Stan South moving one hundred and twenty-two spots up in our rankings. Yuri Van Viren moving one hundred and nine spots up in our rankings. Ooh. And all these three guys are guys that ranked top, uh, top four in categories that we have added. So Johan Mumsen uh, ranking first in meters mm. gained. Boost him up to 40 spots. Stan South is third in tackles, fourth in breakdown steals. He moves up 122 spots. Yuri Van Vuren, fourth in breakdown spiel- steals at his position, second in meters gained at that second row position. He goes up 109 rankings. So these are guys that are yep. taking advantage of these yep. categories that we're uh, introducing into the the world of fantasy sports. And, and that second row position uh, clearly is getting a, a, a huge benefit from that. All five guys uh, bump in a whole bunch um, in I'm, those rankings. Now changes. I'm excited so, to see the back um, yeah now yeah, let's move on to the back row position now um we had kind of a little bit of uh of iffiness when we were breaking down these stats in terms of how these introduced newly introduced stats are going to affect this position let's take a look at the top five um hey they all go up reichert Hadding, lance williams oh monan foley devin short uh moni tonguwa uh moni tonguwa ha there you we'll go, go finally. That. Third third, third time is a charm. There's your top five for back row rankings. Um, right What there, if Hattie I told you 200. it was
2: Tanga Uhia?
0: Is that what it is? That's probably what it is. Tanga Uhia. That that sounds a lot better. No, again, I like yours. the more, people right. the people know the people <laughs> no, know that oh, I have I like a terrible yours, time bro. of pronouncing these names. So um uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. But again, top five rankings that you see there if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Um, Riker Hatting one, mm. Lance Williams two, Ronan Foley three, Devin Short four, uh Tessimoni Weha, number five. Um, uh, there for your rankings, guys. Yeah. Initial initial thoughts with this.
3: I think the best takeaway is Riker Hatting, the goes up one spot. And then the second place of that position moves up sixteen. The third yeah. moves up seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. Talk about adding depth to a position yeah. that was yeah. literally strong held by Rikert Hadding. Yeah. yeah. dominant and nothing close to what he was. I was going to say,
2: and and hey, representatively dominant. Though. Like Representative this dominant. guy was the top back <laughs> yep. row in the and league tries. Yep. with tries. With at least he, he did offensively did everything, and he had his back part on defense. And it's clear game. exactly. Yep. Um, so that's but why he's, that's why, yeah, 100%. But that's why I'm looking at the disparity. I'm saying, hey, yeah, of course, of course he there's disparity.
3: The 50 points this guy
2: was an absolute threat in the back row and was also popping pills, you know? Like, what What are you going to do against <laughs> that, right? Like, so, so look, like, yeah, that's give expected.
3: Me Lance Williams on the
2: juice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Lance, oh, yeah. Um, but no, What do you know what I'm surprised I'm not seeing? A Lucas Rumble.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. surprised
2: I'm not seeing because Mike Smith Mike Smith, uh, Mike Smith. but but hey th- that's what that's what happens that when you take down Mike. the tackling a little bit, right? Like yep. yes it it maybe diminishes tackling a little bit, but it stops guys who are just like for tries. Like stops guys that are just there for tackles from yep. dominating the league. You have to be all-rounded this way. You have to do everything. Ronan Foley on the Arrows did more of everything than Lucas Rumble and that's why he's in the top 5
0: yeah and at top five for our fantasy rankings last year record heading still number one obviously a large part of that is the 10 tries that he scored last season which led all back row positions at uh, uh, at that try scoring number uh following up with lance williams which stays the same but the three four five is different slade mcdowell is actually uh here at number three hanko germitius at number four and devin short (laughs) um at number five there so devin short gets bumped down a little bit there but um i think to your point matt you look at the rankings spot changes and and Vandy noticed it at the start. It's just bunching everyone back up together, you know what I mean? The outliers are not so out there anymore, you know. We're just kind of getting everyone back in. You're still getting an advantage for having Riker adding, you're yep. still getting that bonus for having a guy that is able to do all the things that he can do on the pitch. But you're not terribly losing out because, you know, Ronan Foley, Lance Williams, Devin Short, uh, Tessimoni Tunguwihah is still a good player and they should be rewarded for that and being only, I guess, you know, around 30, 40 points off from what is considered the best of the best in Riker Hatting last season is something that's reassuring to uh to see. So hey, um, you're not gonna yeah.
2: draft Riker hatting next season anyway. So you're good.
0: Dra- I've drafted
3: Lance
2: Williams, Fair baby.
0: Fair enough. Um, and then just looking down there, um, a lot of these guys um, at that back row position, the reason why they're moving up is because of the meters gain that they were able yeah, to man. get. Um, you're sure. looking at Ronan Foley, who 1,055 meters, third at that back row position, 903 uh, meters for Devin Short, fifth at his position, 929 meters for uh, Tessimoni Tongo Auiha, um, at that fourth, uh, fourth, uh, fourth in the back row position there. So kind of uh, boosting them up a little bit. But again, it is adding value to a position that I felt like last season, back row, if they weren't scoring a try, if you didn't have If you weren't record
2: hatting, you didn't get it.
0: You, you really yeah. weren't looking at that position to really help you at all um, on a week-to-week basis, so uh, it is it is cool Boom. to see that um, now, all right, now time to move on icy. to Van- yeah, Vandy's favorite position, the one that he was looking for basically all last season, Yo, we'll see whether or not Kurt. these stats help him out Yo, a little bit Hey, maybe, Yo, hey, do you think, do you think holding Yo, younger is in this top Kurt. five? 150 yeah, and points and for sitting eight, on the bench
2: Genius.
0: Yeah, 155 points for uh, for those sweet chops that he rocks Ripindoll. every week. But uh, yeah, let's take a look at the scrum half position. Uh, for you guys oh, listening, I him to we be got there number one, Harrison Goddard. Number two, Danny Tusitala, Number three, JP Smith. Number four, John Pullen. Number five, Jason Higgins. And again, uh, what I think is the biggest thing that you'll notice here is that uh, uh, oppositely to what the second row position did, All the scrum app positions are taking a pretty big hit here in the rankings. None of them moving up. All of them decreasing in the spots that they had compared to last year's fantasy uh, format.
2: Look, we talk about doing everything, right? From my memory of being a scrum half, I would pass. I would kick. (laughs) I would run a little. But you're not going to catch me making a tackle. You're not going (laughs) to catch me. You know, I don't know. Getting in a breakdown to try and steal the ball. You know, that's just... I'm five, seven. What am I going to do against these big bricks? Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? So, right. uh, no, it, it makes sense. And remember these guys are handling the ball the most, you know, these guys, you know, they, they throw a bad pass. They're passing, you know, every breakdown essentially. Um, so the chances for them for potentially having a turnover is, is a lot higher. Um, so I'm not surprised. I, you know, I kind of, I kind of dig it.
0: And what, what's, yeah. Vanny, why don't you go ahead?
3: Well, Tusi, you know, you look at like Tusi Taya, who's, who's first positioning for meters gain at 571. Record hatting had damn near double that, right? Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense, you know, guys like that are dropping because, well, not yeah. him specifically, but, you know, J.P. Smith, Poland, Goddard, all kickers, right? Yeah. And that was kind of the emphasis here is the lower kickers, lower tries. And I think we're getting nothing but success in these parameters.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what's something to note here as well. Just look at the point drop off between the number three after J.P. Smith as opposed to John Pullen. Like, really, this should be a top three rather than a top five. I mean, but this is one of the positions, right? One hundred and twenty five points total, and then you look at John Pullen, one hundred and three point six. Right, that's a twenty point drop off, um, which is which is a pretty steep uh, steep decrease there after that three position. So, I think what I'm learning here as we're going through these positions, you're kind of Checking off your your check here about what positions are in high demand, what positions are are are, are producing. A, there's a lot of you know people in that category that can score a lot of points, and what positions really don't have that you know concentration or you know that that plethora amount of players that are in that category that can score you points. Yep. Second row is appearing like that to me, and it does look like scrum half is hey, going gonna, to be that position. You're gonna
2: have to spend a little bit more draft capital to make sure that you get one of these three guys because if you don't. You're dropping off, you're losing around 20, 30 points. You know, if you don't get one of these top five guys, you're dropping off 30, 40 points from the top sure. guys. And, and uh, look, you're either going to have to sacrifice somewhere to make sure you get the best in multiple other positions, or you make sure you get the guys here to make sure that you can get those, get, get a quality scrum half, a quality uh, second.
0: And it it kind of sets it up easy because I know Harrison Goddard obviously moved on from the MLR. He's getting time overseas, I believe, with the Waratahs, right? New South Wales he signed with, I believe. Um, So you really bump up Danny Tuzitala and J.P. Smith here as your really only outliers. And you look at there, you look at Danny Tuzitala, the thing that makes him the outlier. First in the position at meters gained, 571. Yes, to Vandy's point, you're not getting the same amount of meters that Reichardt-Hatting is getting. Nowhere near what Bill Meeks was getting, almost a third of what Bill Meeks was getting. But having... That advantage of 571 meters at the scrum half position, as opposed to uh, compared to other scrum halves, is a big, big, big bonus. And you look Eight. at JP Smith racking up 152 tackles first at his position. I'm pretty sure the next one, uh, like the next best person there, didn't break. Um, I mean, you look at you look at Harrison Goddard was 119 tackles at third place. So huge advantage having JP Smith, who's apparently very, very physical.
2: Um, Before we go to flyoffs, I'm just going to make a quick prediction that I'm actually going to write down and tattoo on my leg is that Luke Campbell uh, on NOLA Gold, newly signed, is going to be at the top of this list. No matter what stats we use or what stats we get, he's going to be at the top of this list at the end of next season.
0: All right, book it. Luke Campbell, number one scrum half for the 2023 fantasy season. Got to put a little bet on that. But yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, it's yeah. a trap, exactly. Um, let's move on here to the fly half position, guys. Um, interesting enough, um, you were finally Whoa. seeing the name that we've been waiting to see. And we look at the top five here, AJ right. Alatimu at number one, number two, Bodine Waka, number three, Caleb McIntyre, number four, David Koetzer, and number four, Five this is Sam, wild Malcolm. All of them are kickers. Um look guys, at the points in, initial reaction.
2: Look at Mackenie, the points that they have.
3: only kicked like half the season,
2: too. Yeah. But hey, he played fullback and that he he ran.
0: That oh, guy man. just
2: ran. But Mackenie, look at look at the points he here. This isn't lit. even close to like the top points that we've seen so far. No. Right? Like this is not even and we're still getting to the centers. Like, like they're gonna have the top points, but like hundred and seventy one hundred, like is scrum half fly half almost the the next like lowest scoring positions. Does that make sense? I think so. I think a fly half wouldn't want to get into a breakdown just as much as I don't want to get into a breakdown. You know, a yeah. fly half doesn't want to make a tackle just as much as I don't want to make a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I mean it it all depends. I, a large portion of these points are coming from the boot. You're looking at DJ yeah. Alatimu. Sure. First in penalties, he hit 30 of 35 penalties in 2022. Uh, 37 of 49 conversions, second highest in uh, in 2022. And he still decreases 12 spots. Um, and then you look at Bodine Waka. He scored six tries, first at the position. Um, and he also did a really good job kicking. Um, surprisingly enough, Alatimu was able to lock up that first spot and crack that top 15 that we showed uh, not too long ago without yeah. scoring any tries on the season. He didn't score one single try last year um, last season and he was still in the top 15 and at that number one spot that just goes to show you um, his kicking ability. He also racked up 15 try assists. That was the most at that fly half position. Um, And then obviously you look there on the screen, 135 tackles second at the fly half position is also uh, a pretty big bonus as well. Um, Looking at last year um, for the top five rankings with our last year's stats, Bodine Waka was number one by far. AJ Alatimu was two. And then you got Sam Malcolm, Rohan Saifaloi, which is not here on top five and then david Coetzer, who is there so you're introducing uh you're reintroducing kayla mackenny in there um uh, into that lineup uh, uh, instead of Rohan Saifeloy, essentially. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I mean, I don't think, I think what's nice here is that we're really not impacting the fly-half position that much at a position oh. that was so, so overly powered in our yeah. last season. Yeah. Um, and and we're allowing all the other positions to catch yeah. up. It's not surpassing yeah, I mean, the fly-half position. Like, you're looking here, like, Alatimu, obviously the outlier, still scoring 180 points. But look at Sam Malcolm, right? I wouldn't necessarily say he's top five fly-half, but again, again, we only have eight teams in our league. Um, you know what I mean? Like a top five fly half is not essentially the best of the best in our yeah. fantasy league. Um, you look at him, he's kind of, I guess, in the middle of the pack um, when it comes to starting five halves out of 150 points. Um, we go back to our front row. I mean, that's what our top front rows are getting, you know, 150 points. You look at our sure. second rows, that's around what sure. they're getting 150 points. So we're kind of now allowing, um, you look at back row, you know, the, the, even higher than what fly halves were getting. getting um, and scrum halves were even lower there. We're just kind of pushing, like Matt said, um, to kind of beat that same uh, uh, theme and, and that same point home is that we're just pushing all those points together, all all, all the spread of, of all these stats and all these points of different players at different positions is not as widespread. It's getting a little bit tighter yep. here. So we can clearly see that at the fly half position. Now things um, are about to get exciting. Yeah, th- things are ho- about to get uh, exciting. And you can obviously predict that because we have four centers in our top five yeah. to open up the show. We've already Let's, seen
2: them. We don't even need to talk about them now. We've already
0: seen them. There's just going to be one more that's in there. Um, but yeah, Bill Meeks, number one, which we saw. JP C, which Jeez. we saw, number two. Number three three, LaRue Milan, number four, Will Leonard. All four of those guys we saw and now we are introducing uh, Fa'a Asui, Fuatai um, in that top five as well. Um, All of them moving up spots. Um, You know, honestly, they're not moving up as significantly um, up in the rankings, at least the number of spots as I thought they would be. Um, 50 spots is still a lot, but I thought it would have been a huge, uh, a much bigger boost than that. Uh, But nonetheless, um, a center, a position that obviously does a lot of the things that we introduced into these new fantasy rankings and fantasy stats, uh they're taking advantage of it as being I guess now the top scoring position in our fantasy format.
2: Yeah, I mean, it I'm just I'm just amazed by how many points these guys have. I mean, the fact I did not expect centers to be the highest scoring position by, you know, scoring this many points. Right. Um especially the top 4 of those centers to look like that. Um, that's just that just seems crazy to me. But hey, you know, I think we got it right. Bill Meeks, the most meters gained. I think he was he's on the first. Data. Yeah, he's on the first fifteen. Um, I believe to end the season. Uh, and he was voted what the best back of the year. I believe so. Back of the year. So like, okay. hey, it makes sense that this guy is is above above head and shoulders above all, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to get into Bill it Meeks. too much, but uh. But yeah, I, I think it's crazy to see how high these guys are scoring. But when you think about it and the way our stats work, um, they really do everything
1: and and yeah, in different
2: ways.
3: Based on talk- metrics, it doesn't seem to fall like out of line. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if sure. We're going to refer to them as a quarterback. Well, hell, yeah. look at look at you know football. You can't judge what a what a quarterback gets relative to a wide receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? As exactly. As long as their positions relative and you know, Bill Leake's top yeah. dog. You always want to have a top dog.
2: I think for me, like center in specific, like these guys are able to get points in so many different ways just because the position that they are on the field. So it's like, how do you want your center to get you points? What do you feel more safer with game by game for a center to get you points? Bill Meeks, he's gonna get it by by you know, by the stats here. It looks like he's gonna get it by meters gain and he's gonna do breakdown steals. How much can you rely on that in a given game versus you know LaRue Millen? Getting meters gained and tackling, you know, I can trust tackling more because that's, you know, that's, that's a on me. This is something that I got to do. I got to tackle. I got to gain meters. But breakdown steals, what if the team, the other team that they're playing happens to be really good at breakdown, happens to be really good at securing the ball and being able to be able to move the ball quickly? Um, I think it just makes a whole, you know, adding these stats, especially with the center position that they can all do everything kind of just makes it almost like you have. You can, two people can value different, the same player different. Sure. Of-
0: and and I think, too, right, the way that these points, the way that the center position is going to get points <laughs> is going to be completely different than how, let's say, a back three position is going to get points, right? Like, right. we're going to get into the back three in just a sec here, and you're going to see that a lot of the points are also pretty, pretty high. But I think it's a great example is that a center position, because like what you're saying, Matt, is going to be getting a larger part of their points through meters, gain through tackles, things that happen consistently throughout a game, you're going to get more consistent play from your center position. Right when you put a guy in, when you put in Bill Meeks and when you put in JP Duplay CN. He's going to have games where obviously he breaks off for, but I think a lot of what you're buying when you're drafting Bill Meeks or what you're getting when you're what you're buying into when you're drafting a high-level center is that you're going to consistently get 10 points every single week. Yeah. 10 to 15 points every single week with a few big time weeks yeah. when they score tries sprinkled in there every week as opposed to a back three position which we'll see here shortly where you may get 30 points one week and then 0 points another. You might get 20 yeah. points one yeah. week and then 5 points Mitch the Wilson next. effect. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the way that points are 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 acquired through these positions is also something that managers need to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, and and Vandy, you know the, that that uh, old over there will just share some of these stats with you. You know, you don't have to write them all down and take notes already. <laughs> Buddy, don't you worry. Don't worry. <laughs> and and uh, writing, but and hey, he's writing his sticky notes. What I, the other I last know. thing that I kind of want to touch on was. Uh,
3: yeah, you want to see my notes?
2: I don't want to see your notes. You're just gonna right. make me lose, okay? You're making me forget my point <laughs> over here. Look, that's way better than the notes that I've taken. So you win there. That's for my um,
3: son. Okay, watch yourself. <laughs>
2: Hey, I said it was a compliment. That's but right what it. I was going to say with the centers is that, you know, you got to remember that centers literally have calls and set pieces designed for them to have the ball. They are there. You know, Will Leonard, you know, JP Duplessis, Billy Meek's, all these guys are are getting designed set piece plays to for them to make gain line mm-hmm. and gain meters you know, they're getting the ball on these plays expecting to make meters. And that's why we're seeing that meters gain. And that's why, you know, to Ryan's point, that's why they're going to be so consistent. They have plays designed for them. So they have to, they have, they're going to have the ball in their hands at some point.
0: For sure. Um, And then just looking at the center position, um, last year uh william tyler was one marco keith two junior south three Mm. laruma land four loritz Vanderskiff five so again uh you're seeing a lot of try scores yeah and marco keith was in the
2: 15 too
0: uh, Mark O'Keefe was in the 15, yes, just yeah. not in the top five for center. So um, we're rewarding try scoring but now we're also rewarding other elements that is very, I guess, pivotal and crucial, obviously, uh, as shown here with who's in our top five at the center position. Um, all right, well, let's move over to something, something a little bit more uh, volatile here was what I was saying. And let's get to that back three position. Again, last year, uh, uh, the back three, uh, in addition to the kicker, was uh, basically how fantasy managers get, were getting a majority of their points and there was a whole lot of discrepancy between the top back threes in our league versus kind of the lower end back threes so we'll take a look at the back threes that are uh, here in our top five oh, okay. um, uh, for, for these new stats number one Ed Fido number two Joe Peterson again I'm going to put a little asterisk beside that because Joe Peterson also kicked um, Renata Roberts-Tanana number three Duncan Matthews number four and Penny Lasaka at number five um, and then if we just compare Compare that to last year's top five. We got Ed Fido, Joe Peterson, Mitch Wilson, Renana Roberts-Tanana, and Penny Lasaka. So we're just swapping in there, Mitch Wilson, for, uh, for Duncan Matthews there.
3: I like the other one more because um, I three of those guys.
0: <laughs> uh, so, guys, initial kind of uh, thoughts about this, seeing uh, the top five uh, back three players um, here up on, this, on the screen. Um, kind of initial reaction to that. Ed Fido deserves to be there. <laughs> yeah that is
2: okay. true and he deserves to be was at 30 points ahead of of, of yeah, joe peterson I mean. yep so yep. he definitely deserves Almost to be there 30
3: points over the soccer uh, but yeah, you know sense. it's yeah
2: these i mean these guys are 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 ahead like we can tell they're ahead but it's not like last season to where these studs that are scoring tries are ahead and gone like there is like yeah. a 30 50 50 60 point drop off Where here right. it's like yeah okay ed Fida, i'd love to have but, hey, if I can't get him...
3: It's not a season-ender.
2: It's not season-ender. I lose yeah. 30 points with Joe. You know, I can pick that up in another position yep. where maybe I can get that stud, right? Yep. Now we're building those, um, I think, those studs in a more kind of less like, hey, I don't have him. I'm going to lose the season kind of Yeah. Sure. Um,
0: and and just uh, comparing the spread to your to add to your point there, Matt, um, Ed Fido in our fantasy format last season uh, scored one hundred and seventeen point two fantasy points. Uh, the guy in fifth place, who was Penny Lasaka, um, coincidentally scored sixty five point six fantasy points. Wow. So over sixty, like almost like what you are saying, Matt, sixty double. fantasy points spread, basically double yeah. Uh, yeah. between number one and number five. Here we've reduced that. Um, yes, it's still. Um, uh 45 or around 30 around 40 fantasy points but their totals are are much much higher so the percentage of their fantasy points isn't that much penny lasaka is still reaching about 80 percent not 85 percent of ed fido's total not half of it or less than half
3: yeah and i mean watching ed fido he deserves to be there like those last couple games of that season Right. You know, right. we sure as hell were talking about the like we were at feed out. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And what I love about this and now that I guess all of our, our listeners and viewers have seen it all and now that you guys, uh, Vandy and Matt, have seen all of the rankings and things uh, and we've gone through it. I really like the fact that adding the metrics that we've added is Doing exactly what we sought out to for for it to do. We knew yeah. that in our league, we had a whole bunch of 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 of, of fantasy uh rankings or, or, or a whole bunch of uh, uh scoring that was heavily reliant on try scoring and things like that. So we're seeing things like fly halves and kickers, we're seeing things like back three players really dominating our fantasy space because those were the players that were scoring tries and that were kicking points, uh fly half and back three respectively. But now we're just Adding a little bit more value into that so that now we're not just having, you know, these two positions just score all the points. All five positions are contributing. And the way that we've introduced these metrics, we're actually nerfing the two positions that were kind of getting a little bit away there and yeah. boosting up the other ones, which I think is exactly what we were looking to do um, when introducing these new stats to improve last year's season.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, my takeaway, I guess, from this episode would be like kind of a two-point thing would be like there's nothing worse than, you know, I'll just use football Sunday morning, you know, a couple big plays and you can look at it and go, my my day's over, my week's over. And very rarely does it happen at 1 o'clock. But damn, if Ed Fito ran a 40-meter try at the first game, you're like, okay, well, that was fun. Like looking forward to next week already. Right. Now with these new metrics, sure, you don't have the constant update you would have football. But you can at least go, you know what, it's not, it's not over. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely not. There's still hope. Still you, you your day's not ruined. You're gonna watch more rugby. You know, you don't just write it off, worry about next week. And then I would say the other one is uh, you know, with all the depth we've added, there's not such a major discrepancy between, let's say, first place and eighth place in the draft. Mm-hmm. Because now, let's say you you were the you were the second or the, the back row and you took reichert Hatting at three. You know what I mean? By the time it comes all the way back around, sure, you're going to get a, maybe a mid-pack center or something, right. right? So I think it really helps our draft now because now, like, I, I can't remember who it was last year. I think it was a second role player for the Giltinis, and he was, like, damn well, two and a half points ahead of his guy. He went third overall. I was going to take him third overall, and then I'm getting Joe. I can't even remember his name now. I like think you're thinking about Angus Cottrell. Angus Cottrell, Cottrell. Yes. yeah, back rower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing that, and I'm like, well, hell! I just missed out on the the, the league winner there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. damn, man, that was the biggest fish in the pond.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. There, I, I think, I think what it introduces to Vandy is that there's now multiple ways to win you're not yes, just exactly. winning a week you're not just winning a week because a guy scored a bunch of tries and i feel like exactly. that's what it was last year last year was a lot of like all right i'm just looking for guys who are going to be touching yep. touching the ball down in the try zone like that that's what i'm looking for but now what you're saying, Vandy, if you know Ed Fido scores, you know two tries in one game. At least now, hey, I got Bill Meeks, and he may, you know, rack exactly. up eighty meters in this match, and that's yep. still, you know, eight points. That's gonna that's gonna tally up. You know what I mean? That's so, right. um, uh, yeah, that, that it's 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 a it's a it's a good uh, it's a good point. And overall. I would say,
3: yeah. as like a I guess a new fan of the sport, this model of point scoring is going to make you enjoy the game more. Because exactly what you said. I found myself kind of losing myself a little bit when it was kind of, you know, it's getting down in the, I i don't know, the red zone or whatever. Sure. And it's a lot of, you know, boom, boom, ball kind of sneaks out and you're like, okay, it's inevitably going to be a try. like, Right. You know, and you're not really engaged at that point. I feel like this is going to really help me as a fan because, you know, you're watching now, and You're, you're like, I mean, Damn, two tackles, three tackles. Exactly. And you're again, look, you're looking. That, and you're, like, Dang.
0: you're just not looking for the scoring play. You're now looking at every breakdown. Oh, who exactly. made that tackle? Who stole that breakdown? Exactly. Who is running with the ball? Who's, Who's you know, that, that's that, just that,
3: it. Who's just running? I had Tanana last year. And hell, man, that guy was all over the field. and then it, But he never got it into the zone. He never sure, got the try. And sure. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Guy looks uh, athletic as hell. But that was.
0: Exactly. Um, But no, that's good. Matt, you got any? uh, That was good. Oh, look, hey, you
2: two two spoke from the mind. You spoke from the heart. I couldn't (laughs) have said it better myself.
3: That's right, you
0: can't. All right. Well, hey, uh, as we wrap up the show here, um, obviously, I know, guys, uh, for those of you listening and and watching, uh, these stats episodes tend to be very number-driven and and stat-heavy. That's why uh, I thought to introduce some of those new graphics to kind of help you guys out. Um, Let us know what you think of those stuff. Uh, But as we uh, start to close out the show, guys, now that you've seen this and now that you've seen the top fives, now you've seen the impact that these new stats are having on fantasy rugby in the MLR, strategy wise now that you're starting to look ahead to 2023 not to give anything too much away to our, our fantasy league members, I'll our it fantasy away. Rockers league members that might be listening here. Helped you enough. Know. <laughs> but what are you now kind of looking at? What is kind of your? I know Matt last year your your idea was like, okay, I want hookers. I want to get guys that are going to be um, involved at the breakdown. Get guys that are going to be in that set piece and things like that. Now that that's not the sole focus and not as one dimensional, what is kind of that theme strategically that you're looking at, uh, guys? Matt, I'll start with you, dude.
2: Hey um you got to start with centers. It seems like that's got to be the way, but I think it, for me it's going to be it's going to be start with the center and you know everywhere else where there's the most disparity between, you know, positions like scrum half, positions like uh like fly half, um second row, um you know, those ones are are really where we want to make sure that I'm, I'm filling those roster spots, making sure I'm getting a piece of one of those three, if I can, or two out of the three. Um, that's kind of my strategy. I think going into it right now, um, yeah, gotta get those centers.
3: Yeah. see Matt hit the nail on the head. You gotta, you gotta favor the guys who get you the points and then more saturated positions. Now, uh, worry less about them, you know, uh, like a, a scrum half besides, um, I can't remember the top scrum half. Well, that's opposite
2: of me. I'm saying, I'm saying get those scrum halves.
3: See, for me, it was like you had your but main hey, guy. This is, who got this is what it
2: is. Differing it we can finally have differing 20, 20, strategies.
3: 20, yeah. It's kind of the you know, idea. It's kind we of We can have
2: to, differing draft strategies because we're not just looking for tries. We're yeah, looking for hey come last. I mean yeah.
3: first.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a great point, Matt. It's, it's not now about just finding the try scores. It's about a whole bunch of stuff that people need to keep an eye out for. And what that introduces is yes, exactly that, that there are now different strategies. Uh, it's, there's a whole bunch of ways that people can approach this draft that can be successful going forward, I think with this. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how people approach that. And obviously we got some time till our fantasy drive. We got a few months away here, but yeah. I think this is starting to get our, our taste buds going in terms of starting sure to think up and about um, how we're going to approach this 2023 fantasy MLR season. So should be a lot of fun um, again. Thank you for all the, all of you that are listening and watching um, yep. had a lot of fun over the past few weeks, breaking down these new stats and, and getting our hands on this. Um, it's been a lot of fun. So moving forward here, we're going to continue trying to kind of shape this thing. Uh, try to try to clean it up and make fantasy rugby as accessible and 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 um, I guess readily available for as many of you out there. We're still in the works of trying to do that, um, but we're definitely making strides and we're getting closer and closer every single week. Um, and and we're so excited to hopefully one day have everyone enjoy fantasy rugby the way that we do. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's what this stats is. The, the introduction of these stats is really starting to show is that uh, fantasy rugby. There's a whole lot of potential for it, especially in the MLR.
2: Yeah, you one guy. Beer. we just need one love party beer. to help us out just you know one, one party yeah a beer this sponsor. equation <laughs> one part of this equation two parts of this equation just need to help us out
0: beer sponsor and stats the stuff we've been asking since day one I but a, uh, hey
3: we need to get a local brew company on here all right
0: hey,
2: hey, and what's what's brew local companies. we're all in three different places what, that what is true what, what <laughs> local are you talking about <laughs> local, all right local well local I... to the guy who has a beer every episode <laughs> all
0: right, boy, let's uh, let's close out the show here again. Guys, thanks again so much for all of you who are listening, who are watching. Uh, please let us know if you're watching on the YouTube channel what you guys think of the new graphics, yeah. if that's something you want to Podcast see on YouTube. a, you let uh, us on a weekly basis. I'm hoping that uh, that's something that we can do every single week, especially when we start breaking top five players on a weekly basis when Fantasy MLR is in full swing. For uh, for Matt Yee, though, until then, uh, Matt Yee, Devin Vandy Vanderpool, oh, I'm <laughs> Ryan Yee uh, will be back next week for another episode one. of the Fantasy Rucker Show. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll
2: see you then. We love you, gil Gronies and Gil-Teenies.
1: You've been listening to the Fantasy Rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, connect with us on social media at The Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is The Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.